0: Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs, this is episode 294, I'm your host Uncle McLeish, welcome to the show. Upon this episode we continue our July Russian-related franchise retro looking at Scream, this is the second of four planned episodes, to be honest with you, episodes 2, 3 and 4 all come in this week, so you don't have to worry about much, um, you're going to get battered with Scream content, basically for the rest of this week before we kick off the summer series, you are Welcome. It does start here though with Screen 2, my guest Scott McKenzie and myself sitting down to chat about that movie after the first break. Before we get to that, let's just recap on where we are this week, the final week ladies and gents before Summer Series kicks off proper. I know what you're thinking to yourself, Duncan, how did we end up here so quickly? And that's a good question. I actually don't know. I was just trying to think of a witty answer and I suddenly realised that time is indeed a flat circle and it's moving quicker than even I want it to this year. So yeah, we are almost in Summer Series, like the the full throng, the full swing, showing of Summer Series. It kicks off a week today, Monday, with um, the first episode, 2010. And then yeah, over the next eight weeks after that, you're gonna get battered with Summer Series content. Those episodes are all super long, and two of those weeks in the eight, you'll be getting double double years, so woo! A lot of stuff for you to get sunk into and you're welcome once again, that's what I do under the stairs. Uh, Regarding the rest of the week's content from this feed, like I say, today you're getting Scream 2. On Wednesday, you'll be getting Scream 3. Thursday, you're getting Movie Club, so make sure your entries are in for Movie Club no later than Wednesday evening for Spontaneous Combustion from 1990 by Toby Hooper. So as long as they're in for Wednesday night, they will be on the show on Thursday. So Thursday is that Movie Club episode. Then on Saturday, you'll be getting a little bit of that Scream 4 action. And that concludes that series, dropping right on the 31st. Ooh, see how it did that? Uh, Sunday, however, trips into the following month, where you'll be getting the next installment of our Arrow video assortment. Once again, you are welcome so busy week under the stairs on the teapots collective things ain't slowing down at all not even a little bit not even in any way shape or form that you would like to today finally we drop our where to begin with episodes yes i know what you're thinking Duncan we've been waiting for it for so long well it's delayed a week and a half so settle pal. right it's not that late and like i said before all the content has had to be juggled around slightly to accommodate the summer series schedule so there you go That is me once again having to justify the lateness of my podcasts. However, you are getting doing the nasty on Saturday. So there you are, that'll be on Saturday. Now, God willing, um, you will also be getting Jaws of Shite, another regrettable outburst this Saturday. We are gonna be trying to record that this Friday. Schedules have been a bit nuts and we are finally settled on the date and I want it out for the end of the month. So we'll try and get that one out on Saturday. Worst case scenario, Sunday the 1st for Jaws is Shite and other regrettable outburst. That is all the bump up front here, so let's get into this, shall we? Good to take a very short break. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love, then a little Russian roulette cinder and the trailer for Scream 2. When I return, I'm joined by the big, sexy Scott, one half of Scotland vs. Evo, sitting down and chatting Scream 2, a movie he wanted in the series. We'll find out why right after this.
1: Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. (laughs) (laughs) The truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. (laughs) That's gotta go. (laughs) That's gotta go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I am Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right. We have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama hello this is the doom show is a proud member of the legion podcast network check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com you can check out more hello this is the doom show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com check for our amazon exclusive hello this is the doom show cookbook do you like hot dogs <laughs> we got them do you like mac and cheese we got it do you like cheddar we have it Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. Hello? Hello, Sydney. Remember me.
2: What do you want?
1: It's time, girlfriend. Don't you know history repeats itself? <laughs> Night, two college students were brutally murdered. The police are everywhere. The girl was stabbed seven times. Ouch. Hi, Gail Weathers, author of the Woodsboro Murders. She's an opportunist. Be kind, she saved our lives. Yeah, I know. I read all about it in the book. I can't wait to see the movie. You feel threatened by the murder. What am I supposed to do? If there is some freaked out psycho, they're probably already in your life.
2: Okay, so you just want to sit here and and wait to see who drops next? The way I see it, someone's out to make a sequel. So it's our job to observe the rules of the sequel. Number one, the body count is always bigger. Number two, the death scenes are always much more elaborate. How do we find the killer, Randy? That's what I want to know. Well, let's look at the
0: suspects.
1: I'm not interrupting anything, am I? It's him. He can see us. Do
0: you wanna die tonight? Is that the best you can do? Why not set your goals higher, huh? You wanna be one of the big boys? Manson? Bundy? O.J.? What's your favourite scary movie? Showgirls.
2: Absolutely frightening.
0: And welcome back, ladies and gents. So let's swing into the second of our four-part series on Scream. This is your Russian Roulette franchise retro, which means I get to sit down with someone randomly selected Against a movie Joining me for screen 2 Is uh, a, a, f- a friend and a colleague a Friend first, colleague second um, He is one half of Scott Liam vs. Evil He is my colleague over on the I'm just going to say my liver quivers Every time I mention the name now It's like it's like let's not do this again Jaws is shite and other regrettable outbursts It's a phenomenal Scott How you doing buddy?
2: You know <laughs> this morning I woke up with this feeling I didn't know how to deal with. And so I just decided to myself. I had it to myself and never talk about it. And did not go and shout it when you walked into the room. I think I love you. (laughs) So what am I so afraid of?
0: If only there was a set of like dining room tables that you could climb over. That's the only way <laughs> that could have been any better. I mean they did a mall podcast. Do you
2: um, know that's how uh jump going straight into the facts <laughs> on screen two here? Yeah, that's exactly how Jerry O'Connell got the part. That was the addition process for the part of Derek, they act that scene out. I did not know that. Yeah.
0: There you go, and he obviously nailed it, so Yeah. He's an
2: actor that I feel should have went on to much bigger things than he actually did. Well, believe it or not, he is actually massive because I follow him on Twitter and he's got his own chat show and he's big in America. All oh, right, I did not know yes, that. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah,
0: yeah. So he's, he's he does like a talk show thing then.
2: Yeah, he's like straight white Ellen. <laughs> I, I've just realised that Ellen is white, but she's not straight. But you, you know what I mean? Straight, straight Ellen and white Oprah. Yeah, straight, straight male Ellen. Yeah. There's not enough. There's not enough straight white chat show hosts in America. They always need one more.
0: <laughs> They're an endangered species, <laughs> according to some sectors of the the <laughs> populace. Um, yeah, Scott, I'm really excited about this because it is very seldom that someone, Babe Ruths the selection on this, uh, you know, calls their shot, picks their movie, and fate will out on them. And you, right from the start. I was quite shocked at this because I thought everyone's gonna be like Scream, that's what they're gonna they're gonna want in the first one. But you called it, you were like, no, nah, Scream Two, right there, right in the top yeah. rafter. And um I pulled it out and I was like, lo and behold, Scott has Scream Two. Is there any particular reason you were gunning for this bad boy? I think
2: I just definitely didn't want Scream Three <laughs> Or Four. I like Scream Four. See, I've not watched it enough. I feel as if like it was a trilogy and that that was yeah. it. Yeah, nicely yeah. done and then now they're 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 pushing their way into you know Friday the 13th franchise Friday franchise you know they're yeah. pushing their way into Puppet Master and fucking Hellraiser oh, and that game. Well out. this is
0: if this new one is successful, which I imagine it's probably gonna be, um I don't think we're gonna have to wait a huge amount of time for the next one. I get a feeling well, that, that that part of six is gonna roll in pretty quick. So
2: You know, if they you know if they go up anything by screen one and two, there's a year between them I and mean, he was already writing the screenplay when he was, you know, filming the first one, so <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the, the thing about it is as well, is
0: like specifically on screen four. The f- i saw that at the cinema and i didn't like it um and interestingly enough i got asked to do a podcast way back in the day um and it was the scream retrospective and i very much like yourself was doing the old harry potter sorting hat thing saying not scream four not scream three not scream four um and i ended up with scream four and i was like all right let's we'll give it we'll give it a fair crack and then i, I finished it and it's kind of like Step Brothers was like did I just become best friends with this movie? Um, I don't know. I, I think it, it, it makes some mistakes. It's mistakes are that it doesn't kill off a main character. I think that's the big mistake. Um, but there's something, I don't know, there's something, uh, Emma Roberts, there's something about Emma Roberts and almost everything where I'm like that. I, yeah, I I think she's amazing.
2: <laughs> See, I just uh, heard about her and Evan Peters in their personal life and I just yeah. kind of take to her. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh. I'm gonna close the door on that story and pretend it never happened. <laughs> uh, just just pretend it didn't. And I? No, I never heard anything. Uh, right, so you, you landed Scream 2. Um uh, now this is not your first Russian roulette franchise retro. You're you're uh, you're an old hat at this now, which is good. Yeah. Means I, I believe have... I've been here three times.
2: <laughs> three or times. This this is my third time perhaps. And is and... this the first
0: time you got the movie you wanted?
2: It's the first time I got the movie, movie I wanted, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what I did do today was, uh, in order to, because I, you know, I forgot we were recording it, and I seen that the Bazzi's episode <laughs> for screen 1 is already already up, and I yeah. thought, shit, we've no, no logged anything in. And I said to you, I said, I, I can do, like, tonight. And you're like, yeah, that's good for me. And I thought, that gives me no time to watch it. I thought, right, <coughs> fine, it's fine. I'll go up, and I'll, uh, before work, and I'll watch the movie. And I was like, Google, it. Screen run runtime. It must be a 90 minutes thing here, 87 minutes. I'm two hours and Two minutes. Yeah. I was like, Fuck me, man. So I had to get up this morning at 4:45 to watch Scream 2, oh, so you. that I could, Madman. so that I could be ready for this tonight. And I'm sitting there taking my notes down. I've got six pages of A4 paper notes, <laughs> and then on my breaks, I'm listening to uh, the Retrospective One. And you're like, "Oh yeah, Baz, this is easy. It's just four questions." And I'm like, "Fuck! You've I've, done, I've this. done it three times. <laughs> I should know be new. It's four questions. I don't need to go through it scene for scene with all my funny anecdotes and quips."
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, there's something about like, there, There's something about you and Liam. I, I haven't like Liam's just he just finished recording uh, his last uh, summer series appearance. Um, for me, and um, I swear to God, like I've explained the rules to him. And he says it at the start. He's like that. I mean, he even said he was like I'm. I'm ninety percent sure on the rules this year. And um on both those episodes, he made a massive faux pas. And he's like that, ah, I just, I, I don't think I understand this <laughs> I'm like, like there's, there's something about, it. I love it, don't ever change um, and, and the fact that you have like six page notes, that means you're over prepared And over preparing um, yeah. oh, yes. is better than under preparing
2: That's it, but you know, the way that, the way that I go, I, I feel like, I, and, and because I've written it down, that I need to see it yeah. So you'll find me like just throwing stuff in, it doesn't make sense I'm 20, cool with that, and I'm there's not in logical order, but I'm cool with all of everything that you just said.
0: That's that's what makes this this is what makes it, the different voices, different opinions, all coming in. It's a big melting pot. It's great. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have a lot of fun here. Scream Two is the movie we're discussing. Let me give you uh, a little bit of information from the old uh, IMDb's. Uh, of course, directed by master of horror Wes Craven. Once again. Uh, based on the characters created by Kevin Williamson also does the screenplay. Uh, a lot of familiar names here. We've got Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette. We've got Jada Pinkett-Smith, uh, Omar Etz, uh Heather Graham, uh, Peter Deming, Roger Jackson, Lee Schreiber, um, Kevin Williamson himself, who appears in this one. And that's before we start getting to... The thing I love about Scream, and we're, we're going we're gonna to obviously lean a bit more into it, is of all the kind of kind of the new wave of the slasher thing that popped up they are consistent about getting the better named actors that were on like in the zeitgeist at that time whereas other ones got maybe one uh, and then no one else because this one has also Sarah Michelle Geller, it has Joshua Jackson, it has Timothy Olyphant, eh, Jerry O'Connell Um, and, you know like these people where you're like oh my god you know what I mean? Laurie Metcalf Like, people that you know from things or would definitely go on to be bigger things. Rebecca Gayhart. Yeah. Which is
2: weird as well, because for this movie getting into the movie, the audition process for everybody except Jerry Connell is to to wank off Harvey Weinstein. So I don't know how all these big names are in it. (laughs)
0: He was a very horny man, apparently. (laughs) Uh, I mean, one of the cool little kind of... Uh, kind of factoid things there is obviously you get some you get some good crossover here, um, specifically in line with Rebecca Gayhart, who is you know she's in this movie in a minor role, but then we we switch things up and she is an urban legend, which is obviously. You know, I, 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 it's just
2: like the plethora of the similar type of movie that was coming out in the nineties, wasn't it? A hundred percent.
0: And Joshua Jackson goes yeah. exactly the same way. So, like, he he kind of falls in that. Although I think he he did loads. Like he's also an urban legend, so he jumps yeah. over with her right after doing Scream Two. So I I, I kind of like that. Um yeah. he, he also did Gossip, which is another kind of quasi. Um Post Scream slasher movie, which um, isn't great, but is um, it's kind of it's kind of thriller, kind of thriller thing. But it kind of exists in that world of this. There's more urban legend than it is Scream. If
2: that makes sense. He, he also was he? He was also in Cruel Intentions, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously not a horror movie, but it definitely fit in that kind of nineties Gunji kind of. Sarah Michelle and everybody fancied that period of time. Which
0: is 100% <coughs> what that was. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. And that movie, oh my good God almighty. That, uh,
2: wee of, that, that wee string of saliva between Sarah Michelle Gellar and Simon Blair, my, my VHS was worn to pieces. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that string of saliva was just static. <laughs> static yeah. and bad tracking. <laughs> uh, right, uh, you are obviously well prepped for this one, uh, and you will know that the synopsis for this one it was as listed on IMDb is two years after the first series of murders as Sydney acclimates to college life someone donning the ghost face costume begins a new string of killings now uh, just to like kick us off like because you you're a bit younger than me um, but I would imagine that you're not too young that this scream phenomenon was like a distant memory when you were getting into. It. I, I imagine that Scream Two was probably for you what a movie like Nightmare on Elm Street was for me. If that makes sense, and that uh, you know I was maybe a couple of years younger than I should have been to acceptably watch it. Not as in what the certification is, but as in you'll be all right watching this. It's not going to give you like nightmares and make you shit yourself. Um, how old were you in
2: Scream? Came out so if Scream screen well screen came out in '96, yep. I would have been 11.
0: Aye, aye. so the, that's what I mean. You would have been nah. about the same age as I was when I was watching, like all those like Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know all those like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Although I watched that much later, but about that age, that age where you kind of know it's all bullshit because it's a movie, but at the same time it's kind of exhilarating watching a horror movie. So.
2: Yeah, so my my, my memory of of horror movies when I was kind of that young was probably a couple years before that and it was the story I always tell of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors and it's (laughs) uh, eyeball chambers faced down by me, the character uh, Bradley, uh, Greg, and his veins get ripped out. And that freaked the (sighs) fuck out of me. Not to mention, yeah, the original, the the, the intro kind of dream sequence when she's stuck in the blood and all the hanging bodies as well scared the shit out of me, which then later on went on to scare the shit out of me when it happens in Braveheart when he walked into the, the shack and all the hanging bodies are there. Um, so that was when I was about 8 moving on from that Scream came out like I say when I was 11 Mm -hmm. now I don't remember watching it at the time I was clearly too young to to, to scan my way into the cinema to see it but I do remember owning it on VHS and I remember specifically owning Scream 2 on x rental VHS you know the bigger plastic cases now I remember moving back to, so my mum moved out my dad's house, she moved to Shots we moved into the flat and uh, there was the, the global video was just up the street, so I used to walk oh, up there, buy nice. my ex rentals and bring them back down and I had a big huge collection. Uh, which was great at the time, but do you know what? The amount of space VHSs took up people don't know kids kids at... today don't yeah, understand. I know. Like I'm looking at my DVDs and I'm thinking this is too much space. And I'm thinking the fucking VHSs were twice the size. And do you know what? The worst thing is I threw all of them out, don't have any of them left. Oh, yeah. Anyway <laughs> Anyway, um so I moved, she moved from the flat back to Allington again mm-hmm. to the house that she's in just now and I specifically remember so that was I would have been about 15, 16 yep. so I specifically remember then watching Scream 1 again mm-hmm. and it scaring the shit out of me like I just found a brand new respect for it yep. at that age that intro scene of Drew Barrymore I was like and I think it was how real her body looks when it zooms in and she's yeah. dead and I'm just thinking holy fuck that is terrifying Yeah. <laughs> I don't I, I can't really specifically remember any any definite memories of Scream Two. Mm-hmm. I definitely didn't see it in the cinema. again. It was a, it was the year after, so I'd been about twelve, just starting high school. Uh, so, but it's just it just felt like it was. It, now, is it, to me, it was a it was a it's a great movie. It's a it's a brilliant sequel, and there's just so much in it. Especially watching it again, just now from a kind of critical standpoint. Um, I know uh, on uh, kind of my show, Scott and Liam versus Evil, we've done. I think we done all four of them at one point in one mm-hmm. episode. We get our friend on and we talked them through, but uh, I can't remember. My I can't remember. I thought I probably listen to that back and think I said that it's going to be shite Probably if I listen back now. <laughs> but like even just you know from the start yet, like when when uh, did that Pinkett Smith? Was she was she Pinkett Smith at that time or was she just Pinkett?
0: I want to say she was just. I don't know how long they'd been married. Well, I can't. we're married because they're. They're getting divorced, aren't they? I did read that I somewhere. don't know.
2: I think she's just kind of like making him cuckold quite a lot. I think that's <laughs> what's going on in there. Um, so, when they, so when they start at the beginning, and I didn't get this at the time, but that race conversation they have when the yeah. way into the cinema is so relevant today. Mm-hmm. And I obviously just didn't understand it at all when I was, you know, 11. I probably didn't even understand it, you know, like if I was this age, you know, back then, you know what I mean? Because it's my white privilege I don't experience and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have to see it, you know, yeah. which is obviously a horrible... Kind of thing that I needed. It's, it. it's also it's yeah. also a really
0: interesting commentary on like horror movies in general, particularly slasher movies, um, which were notoriously bad about having. Because you imagine Jada Pinkett Smith is replacing the Drew Barrymore role uh, to an extent, uh, and that Drew was, B- was
2: Jada, is Jada Pinkett Smith famous for anything other than Marion Will Smith? She, she, I want to say, and this she, is again will be my white privilege, but also my being in the UK. I had. To, I was thinking this at the time. I thought was she maybe in like a kind of TV show, like one of those, that Arco TV show or something, something like that that people know but we don't get over here. But it's very famous in America.
0: I, I mean, my 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 understanding is she's like. Did she not like front a band or something? Or am I just making that up? She like front I that, a metal band or something. I think that was way way later. Was it? So I, I thought yeah. like my my kind of. My very very loose kind of understanding is that she was involved. She's been involved with the film industry for a while, but I don't know where that comes from. Uh, checking back on IMDb, she looks like she was doing a ton of TV in the early nineties. Um, yeah, uh, shows in America one. stuff. Yeah, like well, she she. And saying that though, her horror credentials are uh, fairly good. She's in uh, Tales from the Crypt: Demon Mike which is so she is. Ah, she's in *Jerry*. That's right. I forgot all about that. So she she had done that, but like um it looks like her biggest credit as in this movie made a lot of money, so I imagine this is kinda what shot you to fame. Um is Nutty Professor, uh which is the year before Scream Two. And that movie you know was what? huge even though I didn't even realise that it was her that was in that. Yeah. Was she the
2: main the main love interest? Yes. Because I, uh, I she's pretty
0: hot in that. Actually, she's care. very hot in that. So, uh, so yeah. But she's done a ton of TV before that. So, I, I'm, once again, I'm not saying like she's on. She would, she wouldn't have been on the Drew Barrymore level because Drew Barrymore had been at it since she was a fucking little kid. Um, but you know, having not, the movie not start, what you know, it's who you know. With, well, it's having the movie start with that. It's just taken for granted that that role is the prominent role within the screen franchise. The first kill, the actress that's going to die is usually someone with with status or established. Um, So the fact that she's in that role and she is a black actress almost flies in the front of what a lot of horror movies were doing up until kind of the mid-90s when things started to change. but then they also kill her off really quickly, so yeah. kind of falls into that again. So,
2: but at the same time, so at the same time, they obviously they still have Hallie who who lives to you know three quarters of the way through the movie yeah. or, or longer. Is was this a reaction to? I'm trying to think because I've not watched it a long time. Is there any black actors in screen one at all? No. So do you think that's a reaction to that? Do you think but, that was on purpose, or do you think it was a it was a public reaction that then they, they added? Possibly. I, the thing is, I don't think like.
0: If it was a different director I would probably agree with that but Wes Craven never seemed to like ever take that much notice, in fact if anything Wes Craven actually really liked controversy in these movies but if you think about him he he's known Wes Craven, as, it would be difficult to throw that at him because uh, the people under the stairs regardless whether or not you think it's a good movie, um, it, the main character is the black kid um trying yeah. to tr- trying to save the ghetto essentially from white privilege it's so far ahead of its time and he also did vampire in brooklyn which is the movie he did before he did scream which is eddie murphy so as a black so he played dracula yeah. so
2: so he'd be aware of it
0: yeah plus i mean he did uh, separate in the rainbow which they de- dealt with a uh, kind of haitian voodooism so yeah um yeah, I, I would like to think like from that part he's like You know he's impervious to that but you can't help but as you so eloquently put it can't help but notice in Scream it's a very white cast (laughs) I see white cast so mm, mm. so maybe maybe (laughs) that's him maybe that's him kind of counter on that in his next movie but then even when you move beyond that into I mean the the kind of the black character in part three is about as generic a stereotype as you can get um, and fairly uncomfortable to watch which is one of the reasons part three is
2: not a good movie <laughs> yeah and the thing is if you actually got four excuse me you actually got four black characters in Scream 2 and they're all yeah. different and they're all I, think, I mean obviously uh, the two at the start get killed pretty quickly yeah but they're they're likeable yeah um, Jada Pinkett a wee bit annoying but uh, she's also <laughs> like you know you can you can you can identify with, well I can't identify <laughs> with a strong black woman but do you know what I mean yeah. you can you can understand what she's coming from, you can understand what she's saying. Yeah. Uh, I do also think she's a wee bit of a, a, a cock tease though, to her boyfriend, that's not very fair. When he goes to kiss and she's like, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, or I can't wait to get you alone later or something, she's like, no chance. Yeah. And then when he goes away like to get the, you know, whatever it is, I'm like, he's, she's like puts a wee smile on her thing. <laughs> just, just show him that you going to get some later on, don't push him away, I like. just show him that you're up for it, man, for goodness sake. But I tell you what, for the intro. There's something that she says. I've I, I repeat this line all the time, uh, mainly in my head. But when she's like, uh, uh, "I'm going to popcorn, give me money," I said, you got money. So like when she was, I got my money. Yeah, I got Ask my money for your money. <laughs> I got my money. <laughs> I <laughs> see it in my head all the time. I don't really know why. I love what you say. I, never...
0: I, I see it in my head.
2: <laughs> yeah. When Lord asks me for money. <laughs>
0: So, like, you, you're, like, over-prepared with all these notes, but you are, you are aware what I'm going to do is throw these questions yep. to try and formalise them, so I, 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 the last thing I'll say is, I saw Scream 2 in the cinema, so I, I was 16, 17, 16? 16, 16, when Scream came out, um, I was 17 when Scream 2 came out, and by then I had no issue getting into an 18 certificate movie, it was, you know, it was easy, Um, and I, I like, I was so hyped up, because Scream was it was the movie that year and I went and Scream 2 relatively like high on life I was like they're coming back Ghostface is going to be back and I just assumed and this is the beauty of these movies I just assumed because I'd grown up kind of watching Jason and Freddy and Michael Myers and I just, just like, assumed like Stu in that had come back from the dead as Ghostface <laughs> like like, now you're like well they're slasher killers so slasher killers never really die they just come back
2: um that's how that works so when I realized which is a definite reason why potentially Stu might be in Scream 5 I mean potentially yeah I mean it would make sense there's a part of me that's like that if you were gonna do I mean
0: in the world of Scream Nothing really seems see the idea
2: dead? that they've somebody mocked up a time magazine and it was like supposed to be Stu in a wheelchair like he's all disfigured and stuff yeah. that could 100% work <laughs> nobody saw his body yeah. at the end to confirm he's dead mm-hmm. they never speak about him other they didn't really speak about him in Scream 2 they really only speak about Billy yeah they uh, I think they're forgotten about it by the time you get through Scream 3 Scream 4 again is, is is gone so if he comes back and potentially orchestrates the next the next wave yeah from his wheelchair like thinging up or whatever or or potentially also twist it again become a victim
0: Hmm. he could die right at the start yeah there's how you do it we go to some place some hospital where he's been getting looked after all this time the reveal is Stu and you're like oh my god Stu's back in this and then he's murdered by Ghostface that's how I would do it Uh, see if they do that I just wanted, I did not read the script, I've, I've not been approached for ideas on it, it's just a weird coincidence um, and, and speaking of weird coincidences, this is the third time for you on this series uh, running through these uh, questions So let's start with question number one, what does
2: Scream 2 do well? Well like I said I listened to the episode one and you asked Baz the questions, I thought fuck better uh, <laughs> coming up to these questions So i got into the house after work tonight i could only remember the first two questions and obviously the first one is what does it do good so i hastily written down something and i've got here uh capitalized uh (laughs) good writing and further the story next question (laughs) (laughs) so i think what i mean by that is like he's he's so he's so Kevin Williamson's writing the script as he's he's thinking of Scream 2 as he's writing the first one. He's obviously got so much information that he's able to, you know, push it into two stories because obviously you're further, you know, two separate kind of killers, but there is connections. And I think the fact that they capitalised on the success of Scream so quick that they were able to put in, the next year, they were already put put into into production. And I think Scream and Scream 2 both were like the top grossing films of the year because Scream was so late coming out that it grossed into the next year and then Scream 2 was the same year. It was actually Scream 1 was So successful that when they said they were releasing *Scream* two the following year, uh, *Titanic* and some other blockbuster that was coming out at the same time moved their, their release dates, <laughs> so they went so they're not going up against. Uh, That's nuts
0: to think, considering *Titanic* was the highest grossing yeah, movie until absolutely. like
2: *Avatar* came out or something. I think it was. What was the other, I can't remember the other film. There was another another massive film at exact, that was coming out as well, yeah. and they, they both moved their um, moved their, their release dates. So they didn't go up against Scream 2, which is pretty, That's, pretty incredible. But
0: amazing that it's a horror movie as well, a ho- yeah. a slasher horror movie, um, has James Cameron quaking in his bits. Love
2: it. Uh, I like the fact that I think it's good writing. I think the the characters all appear different and believable. Mm-hmm. And I was reading some of the the kind of the information about it, and they claim that the script the script was leaked, so they had to hastily rewrite. So originally there was different people who were supposed to be killers. Now, uh, I don't know if that's, if, if the information has been warped over time, because obviously this is not coming straight from Kevin Williamson, but the idea that I guess potentially anybody could have been a killer, specifically Derek, the boyfriend, and yep. uh, Hallie, the friend, mm-hmm. uh, also Randy was, was, was uh, up for being a killer for, for quite uh, some time. But the apparently the script was leaked and they had to change it all. Mm-hmm. And, re- re-write, and I thought, I don't know about this. But... When I googled the script earlier on tonight, it, it, it appeared to be a different script than, than than made it onto the movie. So there is a lot different, and it. it's like a lot more. The 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 film class scene is completely different. Casey wasn't supposed to be Sarah Michelle Geller's not supposed to be in that scene. The teacher's supposed to be the one that uh, suggests the Godfather, and Randy's not supposed to be in that class either. It's supposed to be some unknown sno- uh, snooty kid. Mm-hmm. Also, Sarah Michelle Geller was supposed to be with the sorority girls when they're when they're uh, trying to get uh, uh, right. Get Neve Campbell to join, but they felt as if it would be should be too insensitive. So you wouldn't sympathise with her character when she gets killed. Yeah. However, if if Sir Michelle Geller was in the scene talking about um, giving blowjobs, I didn't like fucking. <laughs> <laughs> harmonica style. <laughs> that's that's the only thing. It was missing. That's what it does. When you get to what does, does it do bad? St Gillen didn't uh, didn't uh, suggest you give a blowjob. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so what did it do good it also it furthered the story and because it was so quick after it you've got the exact same characters and they're all back as well the ones that survived it feels a
0: year on you know like yeah. it's set a year on and feels yeah. a year on as opposed yeah. to there's quite a bit of time here and characters have obviously aged um, yeah. you don't have that so like to me it, like I, I, lo- I love that because we are like well that ne- now she's at college, so she's, you know, that was her last year of high school, now she's in her first year of college or uni or whatever, and we're following her through with that, and, you know, she's picking up her life, which, I mean, once again is great because Scream is set on the one-year anniversary of her yeah. mum's death, so you're, you're kind of moving on with that trauma again, so there's... I, I, mean, I think Kevin Williamson, I mean, he, he has written movies scripts that I don't think are great at all. I think it kind of he struck gold um specifically with with Scream and the casting that was kind of brought into that and that works for me. So I you know, like I'm, I'm with you I'm like the writing for a sequel is surprisingly good because generally your second movie in a slasher franchise is basically your first movie with a higher body count and new faces, it's like new actors. That's kind of how you do. It. That's how you do. It. You very seldom bring back a a bulk cast over of recognizable faces uh, who are all big names in their own right in the industry at that point. Back to do another movie, and you know the script's just as tight. I think. Um, as a longer runtime that you mentioned, but it doesn't feel like this movie doesn't feel two hours um, at all. I think it's I think it's really well paced. Out with the end, I think the end drags its heels just a little bit. Um, but for the most part, like the the and that's to do with the writing, the stories, the story flows really well. So as a result, I don't think you are as aware of those things. And that's all. I mean, a lot of that is the filmmaking of Wes Craven, but without a really good script behind it. Well, like Kevin and brings. Uh, I also don't think none of these characters feel like kind of warped versions. Like are, the the problem with sequels is you get other writers in generally to write, and then those writers aren't connected with the original characters. So you usually get a couple of installments in a movie where you're like, "This guy would never do this."
2: <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I, I, I agree with you as well, and I think that the, the fact that that's taken, I think it's all also to do. With the cast as well, in yeah. terms of like, let's take uh, so let's take Randy's character. Yeah. Now, I've not watched Scream in a while to to catch up and remember, but he obviously was the geek. He was the in these movies, he knew all the rules and all the rest of it. Yeah. and That's that's kind of his character. Fast forward to Scream Two, he's went to the same uni as as uh, Sydney, which we'll accept in and, and, and go for. It seems to be a big kind of media drama school, so that's why he's there for the film class. Yeah. Um, he's. He's changed from a high school geek who's a bit unsure of himself to being uh, the guy who's like commanding the floor in the class, like to all these people who's like, for all intents and purposes. Really hot, Sam Michelle Geller. Really hot, uh, Timothy Mm Oliphant, sitting there throwing up their knowledge and stuff, and he's like holding his own, giving it back. I'm like, that's okay. But that's what
0: happens, isn't it? In high school, in high high school, high school sucked for me. I hated high school because no one shared any of my interests at all, and I was, I was kind of, I was the outsider and the the weird guy. And then I went to college to study like music production, Um, and in my class, I had people that listened to. All the same bands I listen to So I walk in there And you can hold a conversation With someone about music production On a, you know A, a metal album And these people are coming back With other metal like, So you do you Because you get to pick What you want to study And in high school yeah. You don't get that You get flung in Flying classes with people that you have no common ground with at all. So I'm with you on that one. That ma- yeah. his character arc makes sense to me. He would be and that guy. Even
2: even just that simple part when when uh, after Sydney comes to tell it's starting again, and he walks outside and he just flips into a, uh, um, yeah. a British accent, <laughs> and it's so stupid. And but it doesn't feel weird. And then I was reading again in the from inf- like the the, the the fun facts about it, and somebody asked him in an interview and said, so the English accent, and he's like, I just he's like, I, get, I don't know why I did that. I just I just did it. <laughs> and that's also that to me it's like the development of uh, Jamie Kennedy as well as yeah. uh, Randy the character yeah. and it totally it works that we seen because it's just after it it a couple of lines and he goes back to normal Yeah. the only thing I don't like is the scene the part in the, the film class when uh, Joshua Jackson's like uh, get away from you bitch and he says I believe the line is stay away from you bitch yeah. and I can't remember what, what order it is in but the, the Wikipedia stuff always said Joshua Jackson gets it wrong and he says the wrong one which means that uh uh, Jamie Kennedy which means Randy yep. corrects him wrongly because they said because Jamie Kennedy was so good he just kept the scene going he ad-libbed and switched the lines so he could keep the scene going mm-hmm. but to me I'm like well to me that just makes Randy unreliable yeah <laughs> because he doesn't get it right he's wrong and he corrects him the, the other person but there's, there's also wrongly. a
0: degree there's also a degree of arrogance with it as well because well, yeah. I mean on, on some level that actually plays out well then because he's so familiar with the rules in the movie um, it's the kind of wreck on it in the third one, which I don't like. But he's—he should have known that. You know, have, he, he should have known the
2: correct lines He should
0: have. He should have known he was going to die as well. Which I mean, the the fix in the third one, When I'm coming back. You know, if you you know if you're hearing this message, it means I died. Um, but. You know he should have known that in the second movie by the way. I got so many issues.
2: I've got so many issues with, with how he dies. It's just, you know what? I've actually got so many issues. But that's what we'll talk about when we get to. It's the, the red herring
0: thing. Is sadly it's a, a a trope with a lot of these a lot of these movies. A lot of slash movies in general is you have to. It's like you said earlier on. Anyone is potentially the killer. So by the time. You're picking off characters. Sometimes they are unceremoniously executed as a way to just say, "Oh well, it's not him anymore." And then you're all oh, right. And those in the audience that thought Randy was the killer, don't know who that would be. He's also no. he's a he's a tragic character in that the insinuation is yes, he goes there because of the the media department. But the other insinuation is not oh, even an insinuation is he's he's in love with her. He yeah. has been in love with her for the first one. So he basically goes to his infatuation. With her forces him to go to the same university as her, which you know predicates his death. So, he is a tragic character. Uh, I love how everyone was it could, there's a while yeah, there as well where everyone's like, Oh, yeah, like every every movie fan was like, Oh, yeah, I'm Randy, I'm Randy in this situation. No, you're not. None of these had friends as hot as Nave Campbell, right? Yeah. That never fucking happened. So, none of these are Randy, right? None of these, so there you are.
2: As, as well, because when when he gets to the end and uh, like when she says why she killed him is because he spoke badly at Billy. Thing yeah. is, he, he didn't. If he didn't do that, would she have just left them? Which doesn't uh, make sense. Yeah, she was always going to kill. Him. Yeah, but also the fact that she only managed to kill him is because he walked next to the van yeah. if he never walked next to the van he would never have been pulled in In broad yeah. daylight It's the, it's the broad daylight gear, thing that I don't size like 11, With the size 11 boots on
0: Yeah, it's the broad daylight thing I don't like uh, no. uh, with his death It doesn't. It's so risky and it doesn't make
2: sense That And it's that we seen as well when the van door shuts and it's rocking back and forth, and the three guys with the boombox just come out of nowhere yeah, as they walk past. Doing the robot like, and shit like that. <laughs> it's, <just laughs> it's so it's very out of place. That part just, that, <laughs> I just, I don't know, I was just a wee bit annoyed at that. And I just thought, yes, I guess, they had to, like you said, when he gets to uh, part three and four, yeah. or part four, they don't kill a main character. They needed to kill somebody main, and you're expecting, obviously, probably Dewey to bite it, because he's made it through the first one, uh, which then actually becomes the trope, which I don't know if I like or not. But... Yeah, I think I mean character did die, and I guess Randy was was that main character. So. He, he,
0: he was the one that was executed. And what's interesting about it is from that point we never lose a main character. You know what I mean? I mean technically, technically we lose Cotton in the third movie, but I'm not entirely sure if Cotton's a main character. Yeah, he's, he's pivotal to the the end of this movie, but I wouldn't say yeah. he's like a main character. Um, no. And he was only really properly introduced. Any like any sizeable role in this movie, um, which is kind of like, eh, you know, I, I yeah, kind of did a it
2: he wasn't even really in the first one, was it? It was like a kind of news report and walking, getting led into jail or something. That's right.
0: So they they have like a kind of like one of those like expose things that play on the the TV with with Gale, which brings us on to Courtney Cox. What do you think of her character in this one? I so, think
2: she's brilliant. Yeah, I think the character's a fucking bitch. She's a pain in the ass. She's horrible. <laughs> everybody that support that really cares for her, she does have a good side. But I think Courtney Cox is brilliant in the sense that people who. Acted in Friends Get a hard time Of only being typecast As oh, just Jennifer Francis Jennifer Francis In every movie it's like, yeah. No she isn't Have you seen We're the Millers Have you seen Fucking Wanderlust Have you seen yeah. These movies Have you she seen did. The Long King Polly yeah. She's different In every single one mm-hmm. uh, And Courtney Cox Is the same She sounds And she looks like Monica Geller, But she's nothing like her yeah. She is uh, Fucking hard Bitch <laughs> She is I love it um, what's, your,
0: what's your tolerance Because obviously you've heard the, the previous episode And Baz doesn't have a tolerance At all For, for the, the David Arquette um, How are you with him? How, well,
2: well I was listening to the episode uh, today when I was uh, Finished working I was picking up Lauren And she comes in And uh, funny enough For how long we've been uh, friends She's never actually Met Baz Like like for a, a long yeah. time, so the episode is on, and she comes in, she sits in the car, and he's sitting, he's, ta- he's talking about uh, I can't remember who he was talking before first. But he was talking about, yeah, it, but anyway, it, it was only the part where he was talking about Dewey, and that? Um, like, who's that speaking? I was like, Oh, that's that's, that's Baz. She's like, mm, I think me and Baz would go on because I agree with everything he's saying, and then I, but I was also sitting <laughs> thinking, I was like. Because, obviously, we're, uh, me and Lauren are nurses. Lauren, a yeah. disability nurse specifically, I thought, oh, my God, please don't call him like a, the R-word. Please don't call him the R-word. I actually yeah. thought, oh, no, I need to just turn it down just in case. Yeah. Uh, which you, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't use the R-word, so that's actually <laughs> it was fantastic. But, you, but like, yeah, matons for Dewey, I don't know. I think that, how the fuck did he get in the post?
0: Well, the, yeah, Well, yeah, it's, it, but the, the insinuation is he's in the police, but he's not, I don't know, he's in this kind of menial role isn't he really? He's the guy who does, he's the gopher in the yeah, police But I'm... through through his ability to survive a serial killer, somehow he's now higher up Which I don't know, uh, maybe that's how you get promoted in, in the police, I don't know if you survive a serial well, killer thinks, in the town does he, then. does
2: he get promoted like in the third one? Is the third one? in the third one? the third one he's
0: a bodyguard government? So he's out, Fox, he's out Fox, it, like, yeah. the, the third one. The third one. He's. Remember, he gets. He gets. He gets brutally stabbed in this one. So he has the yeah. limp in the third movie. So in the third movie, he is. He is the bodyguard to the 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 actress playing Gail Weathers in the third movie. But he's also oh, right, the reason he's right. brought in to be her bodyguard is because he knows the the inner secrets of that yeah, character. Right. So right, it's no, shit. No, it's, no, it's, no. It's, he's he's obnoxious as fuck in the third movie. I can't defend him in the third movie. But in the second movie. I, I don't know, I kind of like him. And he, he does I, do I mean, the right thing. He, he he puts himself in a harm's way in the, in the second movie and really does take one for the team.
2: Um, so What I do like, though, specifically in the second movie, is one of the best pieces of music that's ever existed in film, and it's Dewey's theme. Yes. And if you're not familiar with Dewey's theme, listeners, Google it right now. Yeah. YouTube it right now, because it's not on Spotify. Dun, you have dun, to dun, listen to it on dun, and, and you should, That's it. Dun, dun, now, dun, dun, dun. what I want you to do is so that is that's Dewey's theme by Marco Beltrami.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: After you listen to that, I then want you to YouTube the broken arrow theme by Hans Zimmerman and tell me if you notice any similarities between the two. Shade being cast, shots being fired. I love it. The thing is, <laughs> the thing is, this isn't shade. This, this, I've, I haven't, I've yet to find any documented evidence of a lawsuit. But this is the same tune.
0: You need to you need to maybe drop Bill a wee, uh
2: a wee email. <laughs> well, I think, well... With I need, a finder's find fee, a finder's no, fee. I think you need to drop Zimmerman a wee... Because Broken Arrow was 1996. <gasps> this, uh, this, is it, uh, it, this, I thought uh, it was 98, started. is it not? No, Broken Arrow was first. Uh-oh. I think oh. No, I think
0: you're confident in this, which makes me. Yeah. So do yeah. we? Do we drop? Do we drop? Zip- Hans Zimmerman's not going to care. His Zimmer's Zimmerman's like what do you call it? He's. He's loaded. He's got he's Oscars loaded. and shit. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. But but still writing music. He was writing. He wrote the music for Fear Street, so he still needing work. So I don't. That's no, that's
0: no, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a total jobber. He's like, ah, <laughs> just just give me it. there's there's only so <laughs> many there's only so many of my tracks I can rip off here. Um, However, this is, one? Uh,
2: uh, Yeah, Dewey's, Dewey's theme is cracking, and when it comes on, it really is a cracking wee bit of music. And it's and it, it really it, it gets you going. When I was finishing up watching Scream Two when he when it shows that he's still alive and you can just when, when her cameraman comes back and she's getting ready to like yeah. maybe do a piece and you can hear it coming in the background and you think and you just know well you've seen it before you know it's do you yeah. you know. Because he's the he's, he's
0: only character in Scream that has a theme that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like with you know like I don't know, like there's there's certain motifs that play with the killer but he's the only one that has that. Um let's talk let's talk a little bit about our, our killers here. Now, what I found, I was saying to Baz at the time, like when I I remember watching Scream and I I was kind of on the old, uh, well, Billy's the killer, look at him, he's fucking nuts. (laughs) He just looks evil, you know what I mean? And then they introduce friend Timothy Oliphant, where he's fucking Jack Nicholson smiling. I'm like, oh, well, Timothy Oliphant's the fucking killer. Um, And I like this and I dislike it as well, so it's in the good and what the movie does bad camp here. Is um, Metcalf's performance as Billy's mum, um, in that there's part of me that's like, I think she's brilliant because she does play the kind of the kind of small small town reporter kind of sucking up to Gail Weather's character really really well, but like her like her as an actress. For the entirety of her career, I've always felt like she's two steps away from stabbing a cunt. Um, like she's, she's like she always comes across as marginally unhinged. So when she's revealed as Billy's mother, I think that's like she's br- she's brilliant as that character. The thing I don't like is that she's that character because, like, like I said before, like right, she's like right, she's lost some weight and got a haircut. But I mean, if I hadn't seen my friend's mum in a little while and
2: she'd lost some weight and got a haircut.
0: I would still know it was my friend's mum. Well,
2: that's the thing, it's because Sydney doesn't see her until the end, that's the whole point.
0: Yeah, but Gail Weathers is familiar with the case. So yeah, she but like say, she's only
2: seen she's only seen some pictures. Yeah. However, I fully, fully agree with you, and that's one of the things I've written down. in what does it do bad? Yeah. And it's a, it's a cheap twist. I think it's unfair to give, give us Debbie Salt the whole movie and have no reason to think otherwise, and then just flip it and be like, oh no, this is actually Billy's mum. You're yeah, like, it's it's nah. Billy's
0: mum all along. It's the old uh, it's the old mum of Orkies
2: thing where you're like.
0: Who are you at the end? <laughs> that's the thing about watching Friday the Thirteenth that I kind of love is like you get all the way through that movie and at the end this old woman comes out and admits she's
2: the killer and you're like you've not been in the movie the whole movie. <laughs> I think that's exactly why they've done it because I've got I've, I've got this at the end for the last one I'm using the Mrs. Voorhees angle. It totally and that's is why they've done it. They totally probably done it so that you didn't know who she was and why would you think that and then it is but I do think as an audience member I think it's a wee bit cheap. Yeah. I also don't like, and I don't know if this is just because this is the way the internet has went in the last 20 years, Uh but the fact that she found uh, Mickey on serial killer Tinder is just (laughs) nonsense. There's only ninety three active serial killers in the US at any one time, and Mickey was quite a find. There's like fucking twelve billion people in the US, man. How the hell did you find the one guy who's like a? Well, 18, yeah, like the dark, the dark web. The dark
0: web didn't exist then. Um, I can't imagine. I can't imagine there was just a serial killer message board, and also the level, the lines you have to go. It's like when you watch. It's like when, like, like Urban Legend has a similar conceit um, in fact a lot of these movies have a similar conceit Urban Legend's conceit is that the the girl who... whose brother dies in the accident is... she, she somehow manages to get into the same university and befriend the person that did the act and you're yeah. like the mental... the mental twists and turns you have to do in order for that to fucking happen it's, it's it's the it's the you know, oh here comes Randy walking past the van. It's like yeah. one in a million.
2: Um It's the exact same as the the, the, the writing when the when the cameraman leaves and leaves his bag of videos and yeah. they're like, We should go and watch this and then they go in. So the killer was just sitting waiting, but I'm gonna lock all the doors and leave <laughs> one VHS player in the auditorium <laughs> yeah. because they might come. like how did they know they were gonna come in? Because realistically I'd be like Let's go to the police station and watch this. Yeah, look, like <laughs> let's go. Let's go to whatever apartment I'm staying in because the hotel will have a fucking VHS. Let's go to Sydney's room and watch it. Do you know what I mean? Let's yeah. Go somewhere else other than break into the 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 university. It's it's the it's
0: the weak it's the weak point of being a sequel to a movie which highlights the tropes of slasher horror movies.
2: Because when those characters saying, start doing those things, you're yeah.
0: like. I mean, they're obviously written in there on purpose, but at the same time, you're like, "Well, Sydney survived all this before. Why is she making that?" You know, it's like certain mistakes they have to make that, and the movies point out this is why they're doing that. But, but as you get into sad. the second movie, because this is why they keep changing the right the rules of the sequel as um, the way to move it forward. But you're like, "Right, the rules of the sequel apply. Higher body count. Something from the past comes back to bite you. Know, all these things that they list out. But at the same time, you're like, "Well, the characters should." the ca- like the characters in scream out with the shoot them in the head like at the end to make sure they're dead the characters never really learn anything if you know what i mean like sydney sydney is a stronger character in that she can withstand more in terms of like she like she's not as shocked or vulnerable as she is in, in scream but as a like, that's why I kind of... like her, She's the only character that I, I really genuinely like in the third movie because she's like that, fuck all y'all, I'm going to live in the woods, off the fucking grid, I'm only going to have a phone... My, my job is I phone into my work. And it's like... It's basically she became, like, everyone during COVID before COVID happened. Like, she <laughs> like, literally... In the house all the time And it's the She's the only character I'm like Right she's learned But then all it takes Is one prank phone call And then she comes out of that And I'm like No how
2: <laughs> are you doing You had it set um, oh, Timothy Oliphant's brilliant In this movie Oh Timothy Oliphant's incredible He's a fantastic Fantastic uh, He's I young can't... as well This, is, this yeah. is
0: young Timothy Oliphant. He's fucking amazing In this movie
2: I think my favourite Timothy Olyphant uh, Performance is Uh it's uh, a. Pa- it's no paradise lost. What's the other one? Um, I don't know. You know the one. Damn it. You know the one with Steve Zahn and Chris Hemsworth and the other Australian lassie, and they're all they're, they're on a they're on a hike through like the Hawaiian mountains or something, or like Thailand or New Zealand. Oh. Um... Oh fuck! I do Is it paradise f- lost?
0: Right, I'm gonna have to find out. You keep talking, and I'll find out.
2: <laughs> well, that's my favourite. That's my favourite uh, Timothy Oliphant uh, movie because he walks up with his top off and he's got such a great posture. He's mm-hmm. so straight backed and he just looks, you know, he just looks fucking incredible, you know. With you know, he does. Did no, you no
0: like when you watched it for the first time? Were you like me and thought he was? the killer <laughs> is that just you know, me is that I, years of me being ruined
2: you know i can't remember like i say i wish i could remember my first time watching it so that i could um <clears throat> so i could remember what i thought as it was going through to see if i was shocked or not because there is scenes in here where uh derek or jerry o'connell supposed to look off aimlessly into the distance or be in certain situations that make you think oh he's the killer That's the boyfriend again and i never ever remember thinking derek was ever the killer yeah but i don't remember if i thought that mickey was beforehand or not but watching it tonight eh, sorry not tonight i watched for tonight watching it this morning mm-hmm. i um i i was impressed with the scene where mickey is saying that that Derek is the killer in front of sid when he's tied to this star and he's like it's all right man we got her it's fine yeah and she's like <laughs> she doesn't believe it and i think Do you know what this is actually quite good That he's that, twisted this, as that's fuck that's as cool. well as yeah totally well, it yeah, <laughs> is. and then and you know what? The practical effects of the uh, the gunshot to the chest was pretty good as well. It was like a proper push straight through that, the, you know, right through that the heart. Like that's pretty yep. harsh. Checking
0: his uh, checking his filmography, I can't find anything that <laughs> that resembles that title. Um, although I am suddenly remembered about his performance in a certain movie called Go from nineteen ninety nine, which I was fucking obsessed with um, when I was like eighteen. Have you ever seen Go? I don't think I've seen Go now So it goes. Um, it's like it's clearly influenced by movies like *Pulp Fiction* and all the rest. But it's essentially a night with you follow three stories of three friends that get they all go out like to have a good time and all the rest. And then you follow those three stories as they branch off. But they're all right. interconnected. They all have like the worst night in the world, um, and it all kind of links back. into At the end, it's fucking amazing. Uh, it's so painfully nineties. It's uh, like unbelievably nineties. But if you get a chance, if you get a chance, if there's one movie that you watch off the back of this, um, is you know, please go and check out. Uh, uh, go and check out. Go. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking over. I, there will be. Uh, something. I like
2: I, I remember it. I think it was uh, a perfect getaway.
0: A perfect getaway. There you go. Two thousand and nine. Yeah. Movie. Yep. And it's
2: all the cast that you just said as well. So Mm -hmm. there you
0: go. Uh, Two pairs of lovers on a Hawaiian vacation discover that psychopaths are stalking and murdering tourists on the island. I have never seen that. You've never seen it? No, 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 I've never seen that one. So good. Never seen that one. Um, I was. I thought you were on about like one of those things, like resorts or turistas or something, I was like oh yeah I've seen those ones love me a bit of torture porn you know what I mean, I can't wait um, so yeah he's he's great, so casting wise, do you think this is as because that first movie is, and you mentioned that at the start is pretty fucking bloody, do you think this movie is as bloody as the first movie? Or do you think they kinda got a little bit gun-shy with the sensors on this Yeah, one? I
2: think you. I think they did, I think they get gun-shy. Maybe, because uh, obviously Randy lists the rules and says the body count's bigger, so I can't remember the count, but I don't know if it, if it actually is bigger or not. The, it is, is, bodies, a,
0: bigger, is, a, it is well, a bigger body count, I but. think,
2: yeah, the, the goriness has gotten, like when they killed Halley it was the same stab as Drew Barrymore, but they turn away and then you don't see her afterwards, or you yep. just see her getting dropped to the floor. Even the opening death,
0: even the the opening death, like uh, for Scream, you see (laughs) Drew Barrymore's disson build. And this one, she walks, but you see blood that she's like left there, but you don't actually, you know what I mean? You're not actually seeing viscera.
2: It's got got the impact in terms of the people in the audience, kind of some of them like realizing that, fuck, this is not a joke. This is actually happening. And it's just that look in people's faces when they start to think, like, what? we're we supposed to do what's going on here, yeah. But also, in the same style, the same vein as that whole intro scene, why did he put his head to the, the cubicle to listen to somebody <laughs> whispering or doing whatever? Why the fuck would you do that? Just do a piss and go back out, watch the movie. The movie already started. Fuck's sake. That's that's
0: the problem why? with watching something like Scary Movie, though, because that that gets ruined. Because the, the, Z- the, the, the easy joke about it being a glory hole becomes like, well, yeah, why would she be listening to yeah. the
2: why? How you honestly try to tell me that we well, have to assume that it's Mickey in there, right? Yeah, just because I'm being a bit sexist in terms of like, I think of, you're uh, right, I think it's Mickey at this stronger. point. Yeah, um, even he couldn't push a knife through no. a cubicle wall like that and no. stab somebody right through the ear. Uh, although, imagine getting stabbed like in the temple or in oh, the ear. that pressure fu- in your horrific. head would be it's horrible. Fucking horrific. So, yeah, <laughs> now this again had to be set up and because he the cubicle's locked, that person's already in that cubicle. Yeah, he had to have the boyfriend go into the cubicle next to him. Yep. Which means there had to be two guys doing a piss to then turn and look at him and, like, make him want to get in the cubicle. Yep. That means there's potentially three people involved. Yeah. Or you just have to assume that the two guys doing a piss ignorant bastards? Yeah,
0: like, the more you look into it, the more it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um Like, to, to the point of... It's also, like, out with the Randy kill, it's maybe one of the riskiest kills in the entire fucking movie, and that just to set up, this is a public yeah. building. You can't control who's coming in and out of that room. Um, you're going to do this and, uh, and you're going yeah, oh, so, yeah,
2: just... to. Most the guys are probably still at least either still pissing or washing their hands. Yeah. <laughs> his head so.
0: I, I mean, you're right. Let's just put it this way. As guys, I have never, ever, even, I, I, even if it sounded like someone. And the cubicle bo- beside me was explaining the meaning of life. I have never had the desire to put my ear next to the cubicle wall where another guy is in there. Um, no. No. Plus, you don't want to put your ear against a fucking cubicle no, I'm putting, wall. I'm, Jesus I'm touching nothing in a
2: public toilet.
0: Yeah. I'd li- you have to literally go in a hazmat suit. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar uh, dies in an interesting way in this movie. Uh, in a very non-slasher sort of way, if if you you ask me, but I kind of love it, because once again, you see her, um, this is 97, so Buffy's a thing, Um, so you kind of think, well, she's going to be safe, isn't she? Because it's Sarah Michelle Gale, and she's also a fucking badass on TV, so...
2: Yeah, so, I've got a lot of questions about her, particular scene as well. So you get, Again, so you've got these main characters for all these these famous faces from the nineties. You've got like like say Sarah Michelle and Josh Jackson. Both yeah. of them appear in the first scene together in film class together. Yeah. That um, perhaps maybe suggests that, uh, that in fact, Joshua Jackson doesn't even get killed, does he? He doesn't even come back. He's, he's only he's only there for that scene and then disappears. Yeah. Uh, so then you you go into the uh, the the sorority house and yep. she's in the house herself watching telly. Because they're saying, I'm staying sober in case one of my sisters who lives in this house is uh, getting drunk and needs a lift home. A lift to fucking where? They're all on the same campus. The house is literally next door. We can hear it. We know how far away it is. It's not far. It's walking distance. Everybody's walking. Her pal actually walked back to the house because she forgot something. Well, this, is the thing, the
0: this is the thing. Like The conceit of that only makes sense if a character doesn't walk back there from the party later yeah. on in the movie <laughs> it's,
2: it's just full on full on nonsense do you think like, thing... she's
0: just like I'm over this shit I don't want to go out for she, another night of booze and this is my she excuse. does
2: give she does give off that uh, that, that uh, you know I'm not in it I was going to say frostiness but she gives off that uh, I'm, no, I'm no interested kind of vibe. <laughs> but I do like the fact no, also what the fuck tell is she watching that every single famous black and white horror movie is on telly at the exact same time? Dude, every every, every, every
0: horror this is the conceit of every movie after like 1990 is like every in fact, no, in fact even the 80s every horror movie from about the 80s onwards when someone goes down to watch a movie, it's always like a classic horror movie from like the nineteen yeah. thirties.
2: Fucking no is with me, words in it. It
0: was like shut up. up. the, the thing know, is we you know for a fact, those movies never play on the TV. Like, no. like and they would they would scare not a cunt now. Like you put no. them on like whenever you wanted, you put them on in the modern TV and they would scare no child, but they're never on the telly
2: No. So I do like the fact that when she's kinda walking back through the house Nosferatu is climbing the stairs and it's that wee slight, very small foreshadowing that they're going to trope her up the stairs. The thing is though, it's also done in a way that makes sense because we know and she knows that she's locked the door so there's no point in wasting time. I'm going straight up the stairs. you yep. wish she's got to go when she gets up there. Fuck knows. But she <laughs> knew that the front door was locked and she couldn't get out of it. Yep. So up she goes. Also, because uh, of Buffy, she'd done uh, a lot of her own stunts and you can clearly see it's hard getting thrown around. Yeah. And she was also to jump off, like thrown off the balcony, which originally she wasn't going to do. And then she decided that she would do it. However, when I watched it, she gets thrown off a balcony, yep. but you don't see how far she goes because it's clearly a stunt double yeah. that's fallen. You know, <laughs> yeah. the, the four stories, they've not they her not she, she gets
0: thrown off the balcony, but uh, realistically the crash crash mats like about an inch underneath the fake balcony Um, ah, fair play one thing we mentioned while Baz pointed out and uh, kind of doubled down on it that I do like about this is like the killer does get fucked around quite a lot in these movies like no scared of getting a a punch a hit with some object fall over trip Uh, very very clumsy and I would argue someone wearing a mask and a costume like that that's what it would be like. Your your line of sight is only the holes
2: in which are around the eyes. So. Yeah, um, that's a good point. I, I never thought of that. I forgot about the obstructions of the mask, guys. Yeah. So you probably would be falling into stuff. When, you wouldn't
0: be able to see things coming from the side. You have to turn yeah. your head to,
2: I, I do like that aspect. And, and to be fair, I, the killer then fully commits to running through a living room if he cannot see the chairs that are in front of him. Well, so this, is, what this is the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the stool
0: one and yeah. um, I think I think we've talked quite a bit about stuff that we love, and I think we're already starting to touch on stuff that that might be in the negative category. So we're both kind of saying the old Mama Voorhees thing feels a bit dodgy. Yeah, let's let's thrust. lean more into the Randy thing that you were mentioning. So like Randy's death here, unceremonious, um, and it happens in broad daylight, and it happens beside a van, and also and there's a lot of
2: as a matter of consequence.
0: There's a lot of quick cuts here. You know what I mean? There's a lot of it, he gets dragged in, the van does a bit of shaking, there's a lot of kind of knife moving about the bit of place, but there's no real kinda of, one big stab in the character <gasps> you know not or anything like that. It's all kind of I don't know if that's a nod to Psycho. Maybe it is, the shower scene cycle with the quick cuts with the knife, potentially, but um Is Randy right to die in this movie? Do you think that do you think that and if not Randy, who would you have killed
2: from the main cast? I think that Randy probably was right to die in this movie. If it had been a one, two, and done, yeah. Coming a three, four, five, and further on, I think maybe I'd relook at it. Yeah. Which, again, knowing that all the tropes they're making of horror movies in the Scream franchise, or certainly in the first two movies, knowing the success of the first movie and then subsequently the second movie, they should yeah. have expected the potential to go further on. So they should have known that it, there would have maybe been a three and further. So. Yeah. I don't Know But then where does Randy go Because Jamie Kennedy's Only going to get wilder and wilder I mean I can imagine him on set And just taking Taking you know Liberties and Putting on accents and stuff He'd be like You know what I don't know if we, can, if we can You know If we can trust this guy
0: By the third movie He's got a Hitler moustache And a limp <laughs> like, like just ad-libbing it just for shits and giggles yeah. like this isn't written in the character yeah just, i'm just having fun guys just having fun um oh man could you imagine because I, I think there is something that's because he was the especially often assuming they had to do rewrites or whatnot and um, it's kind of clever because like i say off the back of the first movie there was a lot of people out there a lot of horror fans that identified with randy That's the character they identify with. So the fact he's in the second movie, you're like, oh, my boy's in the second movie. Look, he's cock of the walk. He's the man. And then you tell me...
2: You're like... What? Yeah, he still is a good character in terms of the scenes that he's in because the rules... And the, the, the meta thing kind of revolves around him. Yep. The fact that he talks about horror movies, the fact that, like, in the first one, that he's he's discussing the real life, you know, he's discussing Halloween and he's discussing all these mm-hmm. real-life horror movies and how they relate to the, with the situation they're in. And in the second movie, he's, he's continuing that. They yeah. are... Talking, and, and I think that's one of the more things that I think this movie maybe doesn't do well, and it's the it's it's just slightly too meta. The film class too meta. Yeah. The uh, but then when they're talking in the the Baskin Robbins, I'm only saying that because the product placement was right there in front of my face <laughs> with the two cups. <laughs> um, <laughs> And they were talking about the, uh, and he was listing the rules again. And, I, and this is another thing that I thought was very cheap yeah. when he says like uh, the body count needs to be more, then gore needs to be yeah. more. And if you don't want, if you don't want it to be a franchise, or you want it to be a franchise, I can't remember which side he uses. Never ever. And then do he cuts him off, and he yeah. doesn't answer. And I thought they don't have anything. They don't have a reason there, yeah. but it's cheap for the viewer to see that he was yeah. almost going to say something and gets cut off and he never gets back to it, and I think that's unfair.
0: Yeah, there is, there, is a, there is a part, there is a, there, is a bit, there is a little bit of cheapness there as well. I think, once again, like I say, I, I, I love the kind of nod back to, like, well, let me explain the rules of the sequel. It's, it's when he appears in From Beyond the Grave in a video in the third one, and you're like, let me explain yeah. the rules of the trilogy, and you're like, uh, let's not. It's two thousand and I'm trying to remember when that third one came out. Two thousand and two, two thousand and three.
2: One of those dates.
0: Like, and can
2: you imagine if you put put it into put it a context or put it into like time frame, right? Yeah. So when you're watching Scream three and the Randy video comes up, you think, "Oh, this is, this just is this is weird. That's that's not fitting." Think that he would have been at college when he yeah. made that movie. Yep. So during Scream two, he's. Is it when the set of it's on, when It's the when the
0: killer, like the insinuation in that third movie, is. The killer is out there killing people and Randy takes a bit of time to make a yeah. movie that he manages to post back to his sister in the event of my death at the hands of this killer. Let me explain the rules just in case a third killer comes along. In the event that never happens, that was a wasted afternoon that video yeah. was never viewed by anyone. <laughs>
2: because exactly. It just that doesn't make a lot of sense for for a person to do such a nonsense uh, a nonsense thing, which is which is uh, it's just yeah just fully just 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 that just fucking it's, nonsense. it's a bit
0: strange. Oi, let's talk about Jerry o, o, O'Connell's character here then on the on the good and bad spectrum. Is is he a bit?
2: He's a damn scrub.
0: Well, this is, this is the thing, like, you, you go from from Billy's character... For, for
2: the Americans listening, a damp <laughs> squib is a wet firework. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Basically, he's supposed to be good, but it just doesn't... Well, they go, go the other way. It.
0: It just doesn't like, go off. So they, they, go the, they, they go the other way. Like, so Billy is so clearly, obviously, broody, moody and potentially a killer from the first movie that the guy yeah. she's with now, it makes sense that she would go with someone who isn't the life and soul of the party um, is a bit kind of uh, um, but at the same time I like. I don't know if I can get behind him as a character and it's also yeah. when he's like you were mentioning earlier on when elephants like no we're in it together and I'm like right I get Matthew Lillard's character being in with it Billy because listen to him fucking talk <laughs> right um, do I believe Jerry's a killer
2: mm, mm, no no, I don't have. I didn't ever, ever believe it yeah. because just like, uh, just like Mickey said, he was, a, he was a, 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 a sweet boy. Yeah. He was, uh, he was <laughs> so gonna, good. he was gonna be a doctor. The kind of guy you'll want to take home to mom if, if you y- had a mom. That's fucking amazing. That's the <laughs> harshest line in the movie, and. And Timothy Oliphant delivers it perfectly. Like he's he's actually, you know what? The more I think about it, he's the standout. He's the MVP. I, I, I said
0: yeah. that I said that to Baz um, when we were recording last week. I'm like, I'm like, Timothy Oliphant is the reason you watch the second movie. And that's notwithstanding, yeah. it's a fun fucking movie, and I love it, and it's it's got all those things. But Oliphant is just—he's almost too good for the movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah it's like when people were it's when he became when he was cast as the villain in that fourth Die Hard movie and people were like oh Oliphant's the villain I don't know how I feel about that and I'm like did you not watch Scream 2?
2: (laughs) this is perfect casting (laughs) it's a fucking psychopath
0: Um,
2: Um, so what I uh, I keep forgetting it's something to do with it being meta, and it's too fucking meta. And I can't remember what it is that's annoying me. I think, see, there's, there's a couple of different scenes. It's certainly the scene when they figure out that it's that it's a copycat. When you yeah. the names written on the, the thing, and Gail Weller struts it up and says, "Maureen Evans," as in Maureen Frisky, <laughs> and they're like, and they're like, "Is uh, is Cece her real name?" No, it's Casey. But Cece's no short for Casey. Who are you fucking kidding on? That's, yeah. the, that's <laughs> two separate names that are the exact same size and length and same amount of syllables. Why is N been changed to that at all? Nonsense. That's not a twist. They tried to make it a twist and make it sound that it was clever. It wasn't clever. And then, like, (laughs) as in Stephen Phillips, as in Phil Stevens. You're like, oh, God, just fucking piss off. And then the the main cops are, oh, shit. Yeah. Just, do you know what? Just come on. I don't think these situations actually have ever existed in real life.
0: Well, it's it's very uncommon that during an investigation, a reporter solves the case it's generally (laughs) like when the case has been cold for 30 years the police have exhausted all leads and all the rest and then there's a massive box of evidence that a reporter has free time to make a podcast on and sit and go through it that they generate a new lead that leads to someone
2: being arrested because there's no reason why they should be in the police station anyway because Dewey's not working he just flew in to help Sydney because he heard what happened there's professional courtesy and then there's who the fuck is this guy Did you know that the, the, the chief is actually Dewey's dad in real life? Did not know that. That's David Arquette's dad in real life, yeah.
0: Ah, see, jobs for the boys. Jobs. Yeah, for, I, I will only come back and do your movie if my dad gets to play a cop. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, right. The, I want to talk about the play. Yeah. Because, again, I think that's them trying to be too clever. yes. The Agamemnon play and the Cassandra, the tragic character that she's destined to see the future, but nobody believes her. She doesn't see the future. She didn't know the killings were going to happen. So why are they try to make Sydney as if that was that was the case? She doesn't. She doesn't predict anything. She doesn't know anything. She was completely surprised when the two killers turned out to be the killers. Yeah. So I don't understand the the reference of the play. In terms it's, of the it's, play li- it's literally
0: the no one believes her thing. You know what I mean? And that like the like no one believes that it's Ghostface for a bit in this movie. It's just some killing. The only time, but the only time that that
2: actually happens is when they're practicing for the play, yeah. and Ghostface is running about, yeah. and she falls to the ground, and they don't believe her. Then, yeah. which I was writing these daft notes at the time, so I didn't notice it. But I believe when I googled like the the reference to the play, they said that it actually. Is Ghostface in the movie because you see Ghostface run off off the stage during like the scene when they're all kind of kicking about? Yeah. But how the fuck did nobody see them?
0: Well, this is the th- once again it's one of those conceits where I- I'm going to show up in full scream attire during a rehearsal of a play, and the off chance that no one behind it, like I- in an area that I can't control, that someone doesn't see me. You know, what I mean, yeah. like, like that scene's undone by a stagehand at the back because she's like, "I saw, I saw the killer and all the rest," and they're like, "No, no, you just imagined it." And the stagehand goes, "Actually, I saw this guy wearing this ghost thing yeah. run at the back door," and they're like, "Oh, she is right." Or oh, is I, I know, I know what you mean. I, I mean, it works for the purposes of the movie, but I'm with you the the use of the play itself, I think is it's trying to be a bit smarter than it is. It's like someone got the cliff notes, the very brief cliff notes of what that plea actually signifies and was like, well, you know, that could be a Sydney.
2: Yeah. And it also it sets up the the, the, the location for the final yeah. kind of situation. Now when, during that situation, like you said, the end drags its seals. That final fight is too actiony and too long. It takes they're it all, takes too long. I like when the too many times where they point a gun and she runs behind the pillar and they point a knife and it, that happens like three or four times. Yeah, and you're like, I you get it. Like, and why like, are these and these really. pillars
0: are made of like these pillars are made of actual stone, which yeah. doesn't make any no, sense. They should, no, no, up, no. they should be they should be Paul fucking styrene.
2: I've never believed they made of stone. I have always watched Paul styrene blocks fall on top of her and been like. What's, why did they make it sound like it's real stone yeah I I like know, makes the zero, lights cause... the lights yes avoid those fuckers because they'll kill you but the, the, the set the pillars and the stones they're, they're it doesn't they're... make any sense
0: oh. it's like the, no. it's genuinely in the movie all the sound design sounds like there's there's just been a in. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: proper, proper kind of landslide imagine sitting in the front row, row for that
0: <laughs> it does it goes. it goes on it goes on a bit it goes on a bit too long and I kind of feel like Ending the movie the same way the first movie ends is maybe I'm. I mean, it's a nice nod back, but, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, we've had this ending. I mean, like yeah. it would be like once again, I, it'd be yeah, like Jason we, dying at yeah. the end of every single movie by getting a machete to the head. At one yeah. point, you'd be like that. If a character gets a machete, Jason's fucked. Um, it just kind of yeah. feels like we're either trying to be very smart or.
2: We are being a bit lazy One of the two Yeah it's. I guess it kind of shows uh, Sydney off to be like a, like a Badass but also kind of almost like a cold hearted Badass in terms what? of just like shooting somebody In the head like that But also the Mickey jump up I actually had forgot the two of them Because I was expecting uh, uh, Debbie Salt to do the huh, Wake yes. up I forgot that's what Billy did In the first one which is ridiculous The way he does yeah. his jump back up <laughs> And then I forgot Mickey jumps up like fucking, I don't even know, coming out of the water and like. Oh, he's know, like, it's is, is like, this, like, this
0: kinda, is this kinda he, like As I think when he's shot he falls on his back, but the way he jumps up is if he's turning round. It's amazing. I love it because I remember shitting my pants in the cinema when I <laughs> it's like an amazing jump scare.
2: <laughs> if you know what I will give you? Uh the the Gail Weather's hand coming up from the from the orchestra pit. Yeah. carry, That gave me a fright I, so like, and, like,
0: there's, there's those. Like, you think about how they handle jump scares now the music is all building to something like that these are cold scares yeah which I love is, yeah, more effective when,
2: when, when jump scares are earned they're, they're great that's the things when I heard you talk about in episode 1 in terms of like jump scares getting overused the worst thing that people, filmmakers started to do was, was create a uh, uh, non dietetic sound yeah. that gives us a fright. Yeah. The sound that does not exist within the the character's world. Why the hell does that happen? And why is it's only used, it's only simply used to give us a fright? It's a cheap Nothing's, scare. Yeah, a cheap it's a cheap scare. Yeah. Jump scare. And I hate them. And they're, they're they're so useless. You can make jump scares happen, and you can make them. You can make them earned, and you can make them. You know what I mean? Like that's they they work when yeah. they're earned, yeah. and they're not hard to do. <laughs> a hand coming up off the off off screen. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's
0: like it's just it's about understanding like the beats of an audience, like when an audience. It's like the the famous story like, we mentioned it once, like when we were talking about Jaws many moons ago. Um, but like Spielberg test screen Jaws and um, he loved it. He got all the reactions exactly where he wanted them. And then at the end, he's like that. I bet you I can get one more scare, and that's the the head that falls out underwater. He put that in. After test screening, he's like, I'm going to get... A, and he said, like, when he sat in the audience and, the te- like, and saw that scene happen, the popcorn had went up in the air higher, people screamed more. And it was like a kind of post thing. I bet you I can get this... I, I have one more big scale out of that. And that one is another one that comes out of fucking nowhere your anticipation yeah. in that scene is that you're going to see the shark and you don't see the shark you see your fucking head um and it's br- see, it's brilliant
2: yeah. see talking about uh, a, a, an audience that throws the popcorn in the air and screams mm-hmm. let's go back to the start of this movie <laughs> can you think can you think of anything more awful than that fucking theater have you have you been
0: to have you ever been to a movie in america have you ever seen a movie in a like a pack. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah.
2: I went to see uh, Shrek in America. Oh, right, well, that's, I was <laughs> saying, you seen a horror and, movie. And I don't think I don't think it was particularly full. <laughs> like, I
0: like when I, I thought it was bullshit. Like I genuinely thought it was bullshit. And um when I was over I'm trying to think if it was the I was like fifteen, I think. Fifteen, sixteen and we went to Florida and uh, we went to see and I can't even remember the name of the movie now, it's that fucking long ago. But we saw uh, me and my dad actually went to like a movie screening because it was pissing down the rain that day, so we couldn't get out to do all the, the theme parks and all the rest. Um, and the audience are the noise. like, see, people that complain about mobile phones being the death of cinema clearly didn't exist in an American cinema before mobile phones because every cunt just talks and like throughout see, the movie. Oh, wait, don't do that, don't go in there. Oh, can you believe this guy? Oh, well, he's gonna dead, he's gonna be dead. See, that's
2: exactly the thing. Because they walk in this this screen, right? They walk in late because the fucking movie starts. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's jumping about. They've given a, they've given away so much free stab memorabilia, right? It's Everybody's ridiculous. in a ghost face. <laughs> they've got <laughs> fucking ghost faces flying across the roof. These two couple the, that we follow still manage to find their seats, and then is this happening in every screening of this movie yeah. in America? <laughs> and then, but then the movie starts, right? And the movie starts, and then she goes, bitch. Hey up and star 69 is ass. Yeah. And there's like three people go, shh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? You just have no shut up for the entire time. And then you continue to start going mental again than the movie when she's getting killed, the Ross fucking jump about again. Oh, man. So why would they telling her to shush? It just, to me, I was could just like, cleaning not, cleaning no no Could you imagine cleaning up that theatre afterwards? Oh, fuck no, man.
0: I'm not talking about even with the blood and all the rest, but no. cleaning up that theatre, messy, loud bastards. Messy uh, did bastard. you know
2: that the the movie within a movie was directed by Robert Rodriguez? I did not know that. Yeah, that's a yeah, cool. He's he did the scenes where uh, uh, yeah. Heather Day I, and, do, and, uh, I do kinda,
0: I do kind of I do kind of love uh, the stab movie. That whole thing where he's like stupid, <laughs> like idiot. <laughs> like, <so>. I <laughs> yeah. do kind of like that because it is like the cheesy TV movie version of Scream. Which I kind of like. Also, like the casting. I think the casting is fucking. It's exactly who you would imagine someone would cast. Like, uh, what,
2: what's her face? Is it Tori
0: Spelling? Yeah, um,
2: and they did that because they put the hat in the first movie when they said that they were going to get. Um, which uh, Tori is kind of is To me, That's a that's a nice V N joke. Um, is, is it Scream is it one where they call? Uh, they say they'll probably get Jennifer Love huge tits to play me.
0: Yeah, Jennifer Love huge tits, yeah. who <laughs> hadn't been in a horror movie, yeah. and then all of a sudden does. I know what you did last summer which comes out the same year as this
2: Main role! (laughs) It's just like what?
0: Ah, It's like he knew, it's like Wes Craven knew and Kevin Williamson knew Did
2: you also know there was a part in the the script that Kevin Williamson just wrote Wes Craven will make it scary (laughs) That's what he wrote, for the scene that he just wrote Wes will make it scary that was the stage directions <laughs> and he's like, I'll tell you, like the
0: thing about Craven like, I, I unabashedly love Wes Craven Wes Craven has made some utter dog shite like his his career and it's not like see when we talk about like Masters of Horror and we're like well John Carpenter was like he was hitting those out of the park till like the late 90s and then he lost his way but he had like almost 30 years of non-stop hits Wes Craven is not that guy. Like Wes Craven, like like he Last House on the Left, amazing, right? Hell Survives, amazing. Hell Survives 2, uh it's not a good movie.
2: It's just that's just used rehashed scenes for Hell Eyes 1 Oh, it's well it's With not the- it's
0: about the, the whole it's an action movie. It's not even a horror movie. It's like a bit ex- they're out they're out on um, they've got like dirt bikes, but experimental dirt bikes fuel that makes them travel faster and this is why they're, they, they decide to go off-road and do, like it's just shit right, uh, Swamp Thing is not a good movie, uh, Deadly Blessings okay, but it's like there's a there's a there's a whole period of not great Wes Craven movies and then he does Nightmare on Elm Street and then he's relevant again and everyone's like Wes Craven um, you know, Serpent and the Rainbow, Shocker which is cheesy but it's fun um you know, is is that sort of like so? He's an an inconsistent director throughout his entire career, yeah. but I will. Lo- I don't know what is about him. Like, see, anytime I've ever heard him talk, he's a sadistic bastard. Like he always, he always laughs about how he tries to make movies that make people genuinely scared, and he, he, you can see him. He just he's, he he likes that idea, and that. And I think horror directors should be like that, because <laughs> your director yes. should be wanting on some level a bit of a scare, so. Dead. Yes, he died. Yes, he
2: died, he
0: did. Died like about five or six years ago, I want to say. Mm,
2: yeah.
0: It wasn't long after like I started podcasting and stuff, because yeah. he, was, like, he was supposed to have that, um, the girl in the photograph is technically the last film that he had involvement with, um, and it wasn't it wasn't very good um, it mm-hmm. wasn't a good movie but then he'd done about two or three movies after 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 Scream 4 and around Scream 4 which weren't great and, you know they were kind of just not great Wes Craven movies um, yeah. and to be honest not great horror movies but and he never did this is the thing about him this is why I kind of it's why I kind of love chatting about Scream he deliberately he, he put his foot down and did not want to do um uh, a Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. He didn't want to do a sequel to it. He was like, oh, I've done my movie. Done. This is perfect. Right? I don't want to do another one. And then he obviously came in to do the final one, uh, which is the one that starts dealing with meta horror tropes and all the rest. Before he does Scream, but he didn't do any of the ones in the middle. And then he does Scream, and then he'll like, we want you within a year we want you to do a sequel because it's basically the same idea. Like Nightmare on Elm Street Two comes out within a year of Nightmare on Elm Street. They want him to do the same thing again, but this time he's like that yeah I'll do it and I I don't know what it is that changed in him I don't know if it's the script was just infinitely better or he had so much fun making it but almost a decade later he is totally open to doing not only the second one but the third one and the fourth one
2: you know what I mean Hmm. so he does all four in
0: the series so it's weird
2: but again like you say inconsistent one great two brilliant Three, not so
0: good. Four. Yeah. Well, it, it was always, it's always been his. It's always been his issue. To, to be honest, is I think, and it tends to be on humor. Know, like Wes Craven has a, a weird fucking goofy sense of humor, and when he injects it in these movies, it's why I, I don't like Vampire in Brooklyn because <laughs> that's a like the infamous story about that is Wes Craven believed he was making a comedy, and Eddie Murphy believed he was making a horror movie, and that's why it's neither. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, like like Eddie Murphy genuinely wanted to make a scary movie and um, by that point Wes Craven's like I've landed Eddie Murphy I can finally make my horror comedy uh, <laughs> it's just oh. it's neither when you watch it it's neither when you watch it um, right let's move to the third question which I know you didn't take notes for but you don't actually need notes for the third okay. question the third question is um, about the legacy of the franchise after the second movie. Do you think the second movie makes any huge errors or mistakes which mean that it basically is setting itself up for a shit third movie? Or do you actually think there's enough in here that had it been taken on the right way that that third movie should have been easy to make?
2: I think that... There is nothing left in Scream to make any further movie. And I think Stop It 2 would have been a good idea because I was just trying to think there. I was going to ask you for a reminder of who are the killers in, in 3 and I just remembered it's some weird, unknown half-brother. It's
0: the half-brother
2: that, movie exec. And bullshit you know i mean just get the fuck right we get it that sydney's mum was, was putting it out a bit right but yeah. come on but, and man, that's just...
0: that's the, the link is that he is the one that got billy and well he's the one that showed billy that his dad was having an affair with sydney's mum and kind of helped him start the killing in the first movie so he's There's basically no the the architect of the whole that. fucking thing
2: this is, that's exactly what happened in the Saw franchise when you get halfway through and you got to like Saw 6 and there was like the second cop who looked the same as like the cop in like <laughs> Saw 5 and I couldn't tell the difference between the two of them you got <laughs> to him and then he was supposed to have been there for the very start like overseeing the whole lot ah, it's that the sort get, of
0: stuff that I, yeah. it's, people call that like really good writing and I'm like is it fun I can make up anything like I can yeah. say oh he was always watching from behind that tree and I never saw I can add that into a movie whenever the fuck I want
2: it's exactly the same as the cheapness of of um, making uh, you know Debbie Saul uh, Mrs Loomis yeah. it's exactly that yeah. just the fact that uh, Sid never seen her until the final act yeah. that's just that's just shite because that's not our fault yeah. we didn't know who she was but so you're telling me that you're telling me that Billy's kicking it all the way through this movie and does not once mention like you I mean there's not there's not one reference at all. Okay, fair enough, we don't really get to see him talking about being but at the end at the end when he's revealed all he said he doesn't say yeah. and by the way, your mum was putting about so much you've got a half brother that put me up to this. He didn't well, say that's that. the
0: thing that doesn't make like yeah, and it, it's the it's the like if you wanna talk about the the unbelievability and the what if scenarios that have to lead to a certain point. This guy works at the film studio that is doing the new Stab movie that gets all the original players on set to work with and managed to get Sydney to come to that. The odds of that fucking happening are yeah. like, like, honestly, they're even more astronomical than any other thing that's happened in the franchise. Um, to the point that I'd, I'd, I'd like many, many reasons I don't like it. But I'm yeah. waiting on this one. I think, yeah. like, Scream 2 to me feels like the, the perfect capper. You know, like yeah. we've we've finished it off and all the rest, but I also feel that it doesn't do anything that should negate a third movie. I just think the third movie is bad because it tries to be funny, clever, smart, and meta. In the fact that and meta is the word meta undermines some of the second movie. It totally destroys the third movie because the third movie is the movie within the movie.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. So it's like, uh what, what, like, when so you then, get to is that, that level. That,
2: was that still Wes Craven? Yes. Because yep. so this, I'm trying to do a new nightmare again. And a different, well, I, this different is guys.
0: the thing I don't know because I have a sneaky suspicion that Williamson didn't write the third movie. Um, yeah. I think, uh, and I'm just double checking this to make sure. I think Williamson um, is not the is not the dude. Um, so I think he co-wrote it. So he's credited for the characters. Yeah. Um, but I like yeah. I've got yeah. He's, he's credited with that. But a guy called, <laughs> funnily enough, Aaron Krueger fuck off as he's doing gonna say,
2: cuz i was like you just got to start talking about the characters and how the names of them are too meta as well but now the actual screenwriter's called kruger yeah
0: no yeah it's too much, I don't, it's, I don't too much. Buy it. it's too much
2: it's too much but, but yeah so, so
0: because, he, there's a co-writer on that one or maybe even a predominant writer on that one that's not kevin Williamson, and and to me that's why this the third one it. feels like there's a marked change in tone yeah so. Because
2: because in the third one you've got like hallucinations of the dead mum under the, oh, the, like, the rag like, and all that like, stuff so that doesn't much. pay
0: off at all like like actual yeah. spectral visions of yeah. the mother which It's, I mean, it's kind of alluded creepy. to that he's behind
2: that though. Yeah, it's kind of creepy, but in terms of like the overall movie, it, it didn't work. But I'll, not... yeah, no, I'll, I'll let you talk to um, your, your Scream Three <laughs> about that one. Yeah. What I want to jump quickly back onto is something yeah. else I don't think works in Scream Two is the fact that she's so against any kind of of uh, publicity for what had happened to her, Sydney. She doesn't want to do any interviews whatsoever. She doesn't want Cotton to do any any, any interviews. She, as you say, goes into the third movie as a recluse, staying yep. away from any kind of thing. What's her major in college? What did she choose to go and do at Oh, it's, yeah, it's theater. She's theater <laughs> She's an actor. She's the main character in the, the whole college play. Fuck off. Fuck yep. off, that doesn't make any sense. That does not make any sense to your character.
0: Yeah, like, your history as a person follows through with you when you become a famous figure right as it's, it's why like someone like um it's why it's why like yeah, like people like uh, Sasha Grey is a great example. Sasha Grey's now a Twitch star, but for a while there she was a movie star. Like she did actual movies, and if you read like the questions she was getting on the press junkets for these, they were all porn-related questions because the previous six years from that she'd done the most nastiest hardcore porn ever on the internet. Um, so by the time she's like, no, I'm a legitimate actress now. Like she inevitably gets questions about porn, like constantly, because that's like if you are the survivor of a mass murder, like a mass murder kill, which was aimed at you, um, yeah. the, and then you become an actress. Every press junket you ever do in any movie, someone asks you, "So what? What kind of? What did you channel for this role? Could it have been the surviving of a murder? <laughs> like yeah. what was it like see all your friends dying for <laughs> you?" Did you channel into that? Is that when you cry in that scene? Are you thinking about your friend Randy dying in a truck? Um, it is it's totally, is ludicrous. But then yeah. one of the things that I will throw as a credit from that sort of thing that we're talking about to the third movie is I totally believe Cotton would end up having his own TV show at the beginning yeah. of the third oh, movie. Because yeah. yeah, he yeah. totally I'll, seems yeah. like it. And he's yeah. the what America wants. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that idea of redemption, that redemption story that ultimately
2: gives you a talk show. See, the idea is, though, that I, when I was watching it through, I thought, Cotton, as much as I know that he's not the killer, I'm like, he can be, he's capable of being the killer. Because all I could remember is at the end, when he's, like, pointing the gun, and I'm thinking, he's either going to shoot Debbie Salt or he's shooting Sydney. Yeah. Until she says, I'll do the interview with you, and then that makes his decision. But uh, what I did forget about is after he shoots Debbie Salt, he's like, you know what, I was never, ever actually going to hurt you. It's like, I just had to try and kind of work the situation until I got a chance. But she never moved so he always had the chance just to shoot her he didn't need to do any of the dialogue yeah. so do you know what I mean so he's pretty selfish in that way he was waiting to get his interview and then when they walk out and she says oh, don't speak to me Carton's the real yeah. hero and then they all just flog over and speak to him oh, that wouldn't happen They'd do that uh, no 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 no, no." no. You, you, you're you uh, the
0: one that survived this twice can we speak yeah, to it? like I would yeah. never like if it was that easy no one would ever be harassed by press again you would just to
2: speak yeah. to him he's the guy you want to speak to yeah, is, all, it's, ca- all Cotton is, is a murderer yeah, essentially, essentially. he <laughs> he's, he, was, he was falsely accused of being a murderer in Scream 1 and then he becomes a murderer in Scream 2.
0: Yeah, and then he has a talk show. A, like a big, a, a huge one. He's OG. Uh, he, like, yes, he's fucking he's OG. OG. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a fucking billboard. <laughs> uh, oh my God. He is totally OG. I never yeah. even thought of that. I never even put that together. Um, you either have to recommend this movie or not recommend this movie. Pick a stance and then pick a scene in the movie that you would use to back up your case. Is this a recommend or
2: not recommend for you? Uh, This is 100% a recommend. Right, and what Uh, scene
0: would you... I've never seen Scream 2 before. I'm chatting to you. You're like that. You've never seen Scream 2. What scene would you pluck at the movie as a, well, this will wet your whistle and get you interested?
2: Oh, a specific scene, yeah,
0: yeah, something about that, or, or something about the movie that you would use as a kind of selling point to me, someone that has never seen Scream. Two, what do you think?
2: I'd probably, you know, what I'd probably go for as much as it's less impactful than the first movie, I'd go for the intro scene.
0: I'm with you on that one as well. I actually think I, think I really yeah, like the intro scene, even though it logically makes zero sense. There's,
2: yeah, there's a couple, of FEV parts in that, but in terms of yeah, the whole, the whole. Part when it's overwhelming, the noise, the, the excitement, the the drama, and then the ultimate kill. And mm-hmm. her just standing on that stage when everybody looking and realizing that she's she's gone like that's that's special. it's almost again. I, I don't know how I've managed to link it twice in this, this episode, but back to Braveheart when he's at the end and he's lying on the table yeah. and the crowds change from being like cheering, cheering against him to... and, for his <coughs> death and then actually see him like going to die. They're, they get a bit like, oh fuck, do you know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. like that, and you feel that kind of empathy and that kind of he's like that kind of like what would you actually do in that situation how am i supposed to fix this or help this or how am i supposed to even feel
0: Mm -hmm. no i like it i like it i I, I love that i I, I genuinely regardless whether i like or dislike um any of the installments in the screen movies the one thing i really like is the opening sequences every single, actually I think the fourth one is the one that's the most tongue in cheek and playful and it's the one that I maybe think out with the Drew Barrymore one is the best one because it's the one that has essentially three false starts which I'll read you back and revisit oh man it's like they're watching a movie but then it happens but you're like oh my god oh they were watching a movie and it's actually, and then jumps out again and it's actually characters watching Stab 7 or whatever it is And they were watching the characters watch the movie. So it's like a reversal. It's like an Inception thing. It's like basically three levels of and you are watching that. I think it's very, very, very smart. It's very, very, very smart. So, um, Scott, we're going to do one last thing here. We're going to grade this one. Now, I gave Scream E5. I'm just going to say that actually Scream 2 is pretty much there with it. It's just a little bit lower for me. It's E4.5. That 0.5 in there is because... Some of the stuff that we've mentioned before, it, it's a bit sloppy in some places. The ending's a bit long, um, and there's a couple of things in here where, like, we're really stretching like the believability of uh, of the scenarios. It's almost like fine. It's like final destination. By the time you get to the third one, you're like, so someone dropped a stone that landed in the place that hit the thing that made the lawnmower hit that goes through the that kills the guy that sets That you know, it's like it becomes too like a game of um, What's the name of that? Is Mousetrap? Mousetrap, where you had to build the fucking thing yeah. and then the ball. And anyway, It gets a bit too much like that, so there's a bit, a bit of stretch in there. But yeah, you know, it's, it's just a couple of things that knocks it down. I still really like this movie. It's one that I often spin. I like Scream 2's. I maybe watch Scream Two more than I watch Scream, but it's not because I prefer Scream Two over Scream. I think it's because I just like to jump in with those characters at that point. So, like, I prefer Sydney in the second one. I like Gale a lot more in the second one because yeah. there's a bit of that in there. So. so maybe the characters I like more than the actual horror of
2: the movie. Uh, what about yourself? What are you going to give it? I am going to give it just slightly less than you. I'm going for a four. Nice. And that is for much of the same reasons as you. The ending's a bit long. The runtime just stretches a wee bit too far. You need to stretch your, your own suspension of disbelief to believe that the whole movie, there is just... so that it's just a bit too much and we've not even discussed the secret agents who get overwhelmed by either a, a housewife or a 19 year old college kid and I had to assume that it's the it's the housewife that's attacking them in the car because of that driving that they do. But, uh, obviously I, I know it's Mickey because you see him he's got the injury in his head is towards yeah. the end but that whole scene when they're climbing over the, the, the thing that's just fucking nonsense. It's nuts. It's absolutely sure nuts. <laughs> one thing we didn't speak about is why, why the why this, uh, the, the cop didn't shoot through the windscreen and shoot them when he was driving, fuck knows, but when he gets killed by the pipes in the back of the head mm-hmm. that's some good practical effects it's, amazing totally practical it's a dummy, effect. but I love it 4 out of 5 for Scream 2 for sure for
0: Boom. 4 out of 5, Scott this has been a pleasure chatting to you, now you have a couple of shows, we mentioned them earlier on you're on Scott This Is Evil, you are also on jaws's shite and other regrettable outbursts. Um, the second show as uh, a as I like to describe it a booze based banter podcast where we get drunk and oh, we get drunk uh, and we talk about horrible life choices. Whilst getting drunk Which is never a good idea We give too much away I think um, But it's a ton of fun It comes out monthly But Scott and Liam Which is on a bit of a hiatus At the moment If someone hasn't checked out your show And it has an extensive archive now Of fucking amazing content Where can they check out Scott and Liam vs. Evil
2: uh, I believe the website is still up So it's Scott And I think that's all spelled out Scott A-N-D Liam VSEvil.com. Uh, we're also on, there's a Facebook group that's it's, it's interaction that's share your favourite movies, share new movies that are coming out, horror, banter, horror memes, get in mm-hmm. there, it's all good. Um, and uh, we should do another episode soon uh, personal lives and work life balances, kind of throwing things up at the moment, but we will get back to. Episodes soon. I'd also like to just um, throw it there that uh, I do like to make the occasional hot sauce of again. So if you want to go on Instagram and follow at Doctor Jed's Hot Sauce, you may, if you're in the local area to Glasgow, you may get your hands on a wee bottle of like that yep. at some point.
0: I can I can uh, testify that I uh, I had uh, sweats and tingling sensations for about thirty minutes. After having it on some scrambled eggs, it was absolutely delicious, but I did have to message Scott and ask if side effects could be like a buzzing inside my head for a bit. Th- it was like static. It was the weirdest thing ever uh, and it has not put me off using it. I'm about halfway through my bottle now, yeah. um, which is I, I have it with scrambled eggs or sometimes on some AVO toast because I'm a total fucking hipster that way. I'm like a little bit of AVO toast, get some hot sauce on it.
2: So that's it. goes with anything, so it does. Yep. Uh, so it's Dr. Ged. How do you spell that? So that's um, Dr. D-R-G-E-D-S Hot Sauce. And it's all one word on Instagram. That's the only place we are at the moment. Uh, and we do them in batches, and it's kind of selling word of mouth. So you need to be on there, catch up when it happens, get in touch with us. Uh, and, and we'll, uh, we'll get, see get it. Get
0: out there and get a bot. Nice, nice. So. Thank you very much for joining me, Scott. Um, no problem, I've,
2: I've thoroughly enjoyed
0: it. Yeah, it's always a blast, man. And we'll see what next Russian roulette you end up on. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully the you get the movie that you want. <laughs> hopefully yeah. you get the movie you want. Right, ladies and gents, I'm going to take my final break of this episode. When I come back, I'm closing out the show and I'm doing it right after this. You're listening to The Podcast Under The Stairs. And you've been listening to The Podcast Under The Stairs. This has been episode 294. This has been the second of four planned episodes looking at the Scream franchise as part of our Russian Roulette franchise, Retro. A big thanks to Scott McKenzie for joining us and doing the Lord's work chatting about that movie with me. One of the longer episodes we've done on a Russian Roulette franchise retro but I felt the conversation was slamming. Plenty of things to say. Episode three is already recorded and drops on Wednesday. And that one also, a longer episode. So I just think people have a lot more to say about Ghost Feast than they do about Wishmaster. Surprise a fucking prize. So thanks again to Scott for joining me. Like I said, the next installment will drop on Wednesday featuring Derek Bourgeois who will be on for Scream 3. There's a multitude of ways to check out the show. Wherever you're listening to right now, hit subscribe. That way, you get the shows as and when they drop, and access to the entire back catalogue of Teapot's content. If you subscribe to our second feed, the Teapot's Collective, you get shows like Where to Begin with, Opera Omnia, Doing the Nasty, and Chronicle as well. Over on our website, teapotscast.com, the links to all the shows are there, as well as a link to Jaws' Shite, another regrettable outburst, our booze based, banter filled podcast full of entertainment, fun, and nonsense. Myself, the Baz, and Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam vs. Evil sit down, get drunk, tell you about regrettable life decisions, weird news stories from around the world, and read out your listener messages on air. Check us out, exclusively available at tputzcast.com there is Facebook pages you should be following ladies and gents check it podcast on this days at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapots cast the teapots collective is facebook.com forward slash teapots cast and jaws' Shite can be found at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettable pod reach out and interact with myself and the Baz on the twin prongs of social media sexiness. instagram and twitter both can be followed at teapots cast. The Podcast Under The Stairs returns this Wednesday with the third Scream episode in this Russian roulette franchise retro for July 2021. I'll be joined with my guest Derek Bourgeois, we will be sitting down and talking about the, uh, yeah, the movie that everyone is really looking forward to hearing this chat about, Scream 3. Yes, that movie. You won't have long to wait, only a couple of days till we get down and dirty with that travesty. Um, but until then, wherever you are, whatever the time zone is, and whatever you're up to in this big bad world virus, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from Under the Stairs, and I am signing off.